everyone. My name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. And my name is Dr. Matthew Wurwood. This is the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. On this show, we'll be talking about creativity topics and how they apply to the field of education. We'll be speaking with scholars, educators, and resident experts about their work, challenges they face, and digging deeper into new and varying perspectives of creativity. All with the goal to help fuel a more rich and informed discussion that provides teachers and parents with knowledge they can use at home or in the classroom. So let's begin. Hello and welcome to our final episode of season six, which means it's our debrief episode where we debrief our last five interviews. However, it is also drum roll, Cindy, drum roll. It's our hundredth episode. We did it. I know. I know. I mean, when you said to me, you know, oh, let's do an episode a week. And I was like, wow, how are we going to do an episode a week? I just, I was just overwhelmed with that. But that's why we've hit a hundred episodes in uh, two years of the podcast. Um, because we started off by doing one every, once a month, one a month or one every two weeks. I can't remember. I think every, one every two weeks when we first started. Yeah, we did that for about, I think the first 12 to 15 months. Or I can't remember that either. It's, it's crazy how much I can't remember about the beginning of the podcast because it feels so long ago. Yes, Matt, I totally agree. And I think the process and the problem solving we've had to go through and, you know, to our audience listening back in December, Matt and I sort of met and said, should we keep doing this? And we decided, you know, we had some really clear goals of what we wanted to achieve and some people we really wanted to bring on. And we said, let's give it another round. And I think now it's hit a different peak and we're getting a lot of viewerships. We were just talking about the amount of people that are downloading and we're not even promoting that much. So it's been a process. And I think one of the things it makes me recognize is, you know, you can't just give up after a few episodes, which I think a lot of people do. They start a podcast thinking, oh, this will be fun. Or, you know, I want to do a podcast and it's going to reach thousands of people in in a few episodes. And there's a lot of podcasts out there that you're competing with and you're always competing for people's time. So how do you provide value? I think that's something that we really wanted to achieve. One of our goals is to really provide value. And for us, um, as Cindy and Matt, to continue to learn and to help bridge this gap between research and practice. And I think, you know, people are listening and they're getting excited by it and they like the conversations. And I know for me, Matt, this these conversations we're having. And we had one this past week that was mind boggling, but we'll share with you who that was maybe at the end of this episode. And I just left just floating um, in a cloud because it was so exciting. And it also provided a lot of food for thought and things to uh, reflect on and build. And that's for me, the goal of this podcast. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, and I, I'd like to make some connections to the idea of perseverance. We've had to learn to persevere, which is one of the things that we spoke about in our previous debrief for season six um, with Principal Al, the importance of perseverance. We've have, we have had to persevere. And I'd also say that on occasion when we've had that that random email come our way from someone who listens to the podcast and talks about the value that they get – it's it's those emails that have also made it worth it because you know whether it's ten listeners, a hundred listeners, it's it's difficult to know exactly um, how many regular listeners we have to the show. Um, it looks like we we've, we've definitely got over a hundred. Just knowing that we're we're providing something of value to 
educators is something that definitely helps me persevere because like educators, we're, we're educators. We have those times of the year where we're like, oh no, I can't take anything more. But we, we can and we do because of the, the, the support we've got from our listeners. So today we're going to debrief the last five episodes, which include Zorana Ifschevich's Pringle, who talked about emotional intelligence. We had Joanne McPike, who talked about her school that she built that travels around the world. We talked to Calvern Atwal, who talked about the thinking teacher. Lisa Saunders, who is one of Matt's recent innovation champions at the Innovation Teacher Studio, and AJ Craybill, who talked about working with boards at schools and how that can impact creativity. So Matt, what was your first insight? My first takeaway is from Sarana, um, who spoke about emotion and how emotion influences the creative process. And during our discussion, it was a double espresso, so I think it was actually came up in our second episode. And we was talking about the idea that there are times where we're just not feeling a divergent thinking session. There are times where we kind of feel in the flow. And I sometimes, you know, equate that to when I'm can blitz an assignment and other times where we're really kind of like stagnant and really struggling to get going. And the key point is being able to identify those different emotions that we can feel during the day and assign tasks to ourselves that actually suit that emotion. And on reflection, I think I've always done that. I do that in my writing. There are times where I, where, when I know that there's a period of the day where I'm, I'm, it's almost like it's my optimal time to write. And then there are other times where I'm like, I shouldn't be writing during this time. That's my time perhaps for grading papers. It's my time for following up on emails. And so I, I think I've kind of integrated this into, my, into the day. But one thing I haven't done is applied that to the classroom environment. Now, in the show, I I did talk about the fact that there's times I come in and I'm committed to doing a divergent thinking session. I try and plow through and push through the divergent thinking session. And I recognize, though, that the students aren't feeling that divergent thinking session today. But I have continued to try and push through and come up with strategies and how to try and change the emotion in that classroom to get them to push through. But what I'm So my second takeaway was around Calvern Atwell's episode and the thinking teacher. And one of the things that Calvern mentioned and I asked him was, is a thinking teacher a creative teacher? And essentially he said, yes, if you're a thinking teacher, then you're a creative teacher. And I'd like the the construct around the thinking teacher, because I think for creativity, so many people have misunderstandings around what creativity is and they think it's associated with the arts, so they don't think creativity is important. So I think using thinking teacher is what is a massive part of what creativity is. It's about thinking differently and thinking of possibilities and thinking about things in different ways. And so I'd like using the thinking teacher, I'd like to, I'd rather use the creative thinking teacher but I think we could use that language to help connect creativity to educators. What do you think, Matt? No, I, I totally agree. And it's one of the reasons why I went around kind of promoting this concept of teacher creativity. Because when you look at what you're trying to accomplish when we're engaging teachers to think creatively or use creative methodologies such as design thinking to solve problems in their environment, in the box, it it relates so much to 
all of the work that's done around professional development and, and teacher change. But of course, the word change isn't always inviting because this idea of changing something could imply that we're doing something wrong. And of course, that's that's not what it is. Right. But I don't think we always like to change, but I think we like to be creative. And to your point, the idea of the thinking teacher recognizes the fact that teachers who engage in creativity, who are solving problems, are typically always having to engage in divergent and convergent thinking. They're engaging in a creative process. Whereas sometimes where we fall into that situation where we are just following the script and doing what we always do, then in that moment, perhaps we are not thinking as much as we could be thinking. It's kind of like that robotic routine that we've fallen into. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but there probably are opportunities during the semester, whether it's at the beginning of the semester or the end of the semester, when we actually can think about how we want to change our environment or think in a new way that brings about a new instructional approach in our class. And so using words such as creativity or the thinking teacher, I think invites us to um, consider and look for those moments a little bit more. What was number two for you? Number two for me was Joanne McPike. And Joanne McPike leads this incredible school where students from all over the world come together as a single cohort and travel the world. So you might suddenly all meet up in South America or you might all meet up in a country in Africa or or somewhere in Asia. And you kind of do a semester there. And of course, that type of experience isn't available for everyone. So I was very sensitive when we was having that conversation with Joanne about the value of interacting with different cultures and being exposed to um, different ways of being in the world, that it is going to be difficult to replicate in a traditional classroom environment. However, I think there might be opportunities to try and bring some of the world into the classroom. And I kind of referenced that toward the end of our interview with Joanne. And so I've been thinking a lot about that, the idea of bringing in the pen pal, the idea of thinking about a project that might be a solution for another part of the world that requires you to have to go and learn about that part of the world or learn about the people impacted by that problem. So that's got me thinking. And I sit at the board of my children's school and I'm definitely have been thinking about how I might bring some connections with contacts I have around the world so it can help bring part of the world into that classroom environment and expose them to new people and new cultures. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that idea. I like that build. It's it's funny because I spoke with my own children about, would you want to go to a high school that travels around the world? And one of my one of my children said, absolutely, that would be amazing. And my other child said, I don't think I could handle it. Um, and, and I think it was interesting when Joanne was talking about, like, we want to hear from the kids and their desire. We, you know, we have a lot of parents that want their kids to do something like this, but we really want to hear the child's desire. And I think it, what I really like about it is it focuses on the individual child and giving them this wonderful learning experience, not just by going to a different place, but by having so many kids from the cohort. And that she said that the, the kids actually find that school, that they're searching for something that is like that. And that's how they find it. But the idea of bringing it in and and helping children like experience different cultures when they can't travel um, because of funds or because they're not accepted into a program or their their parents want them to stay closer by, which I can understand, um, I think is a great idea. And 
I, I think there are so many ways we can do that now. There are so many different um, online programs where we can be exposed to people from different countries and and talk and have pen pals and things like that. So um, I, I thoroughly agree with bringing in other cultures to help boost the creativity. All right. Your third and final takeaway from the second part of season six. So my third and final takeaway comes from Lisa Saunders' episode when she was talking about her experience with you in the Teachers Innovation Studio. And as I re-listened to that episode several times, she kept focusing on how she didn't think she was creative and how you made her realize that she is creative because she's problem solving. And this is a conversation I keep having with educators. And I almost feel like there needs to be a TED Talk or a campaign or something to show teachers in a very widespread movement of you are creative and here's why you're creative and here's what you can do with your creativity. Because as we know, and I've mentioned over and over again on this podcast, you can't survive as an educator if you're not creative. Because as as Lisa mentioned, you know, she, if she had a GoPro on her all day, she would showcase all the things that have occurred in one day and people wouldn't believe it. And that's what education often is, is solving these problems, especially with the little ones when these things come up and you go, I can't believe I'm dealing with this right now. And so I just... I just wish that there could be some sort of campaign or or popular TED Talk on you are creative because you're an educator and here's all the ways it shows up and live that, be that, share that and model that and the world will be a better place. I, I couldn't agree more with you, Cindy. And obviously, I think there's opportunities for us to diverge a little bit and, and think about how what we might do on the podcast to kind of support that. And I, I don't know if I've shared it with you, but I am, I've actually now got a date from for shooting a short documentary film um, that we're going to do in May. And what it is, is it's celebrating the creativity of the teacher profession during the pandemic. And we're going to kind of do it in a roundtable format. And I'm bringing in some teachers to have a discussion about that. But one of the goals of the film is to highlight the creativity of the teacher profession and to kind of showcase that all of the problem solving that we did collectively as a community was creativity. And we demonstrated why it is so valuable to our profession. So I think that, I think there's lots of examples out there, but to your point, we, and I, and I'm not just talking about you and I, I'm talking about our listeners as well. We need to be better at sharing and distributing that message. And funny enough, if you think one of our top 10 tips or super tips that we've been calling about is about having creativity conversations. And what I would say to our listeners is if you agree with this point, I encourage you to, you know, obviously I'm promoting the show, but, but whether it's this particular episode or other episodes of the podcast, share them with your colleagues to highlight the fact that they're engaging in creativity every single day. All right, Matt, what's your final takeaway? My final takeaway is from AJ Krabill. And we actually just interviewed AJ last week. So it's still somewhat fresh in my memory. And it actually builds on something I brought up in the previous debrief for this season is this idea of being a leader in the community. So AJ works with school boards. He was the first kind of guest that we brought on to have a conversation about school boards and what school boards can do in terms of promoting creativity in their school or district. And one of the things that AJ does is he works with the school board and the town to identify values that exist in the town, 
wants aspirations for their students and sets them as the strategic goals for the school. And of course, the school district and the superintendent then look to implement those goals. And one of the things that I liked with AJ and, and AJ's framework is is speaking with different stakeholders within the community, from, from the parents to um, industry leaders, community leaders. And the whole concept to me is once again coming back to the idea of community. So yes, think global, act local. We've got to think more about our community and what we can do for our community. Yeah, and also to think about understanding our community and what our community needs. And he brought up some really unusual things that I had never even thought about. So I think really focusing on that community and what that community needs and their values and how to foster those values throughout the school system. Well, Matt, I think we've completed our 100th episode of the Feeling Creativity and Education Podcast. Awesome. Awesome. We need some dance music in the background. So if you're listening and you've listened to all 100 episodes, we should give out a badge or something. We should I've do a badge. I've listened to all 100 episodes of the Fueling Creativity and Education podcast. They should get something. You know, actually, on a serious note, I would be, you know, I, I don't have a favorite, right? Because there's, there's obviously... Um, the episodes are so diverse. We've got so many different types of conversations that we've had around creativity. But I would be interested from our listeners if, if they had the time to shoot us an email with their favorite podcast episode. And maybe, in fact, going back to, to what we're planning on doing, we're, we're planning on doing some throwbacks. So we've identified some over the summer months. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but we typically will be splitting up season seven into two parts, one at the beginning of the summer and one uh, toward the end of the summer as we come into the new academic year. And then in between, we, we put in some uh, throwback episodes and so we'll be doing a few throwback episodes probably from season two but if you've got an i you know one of your favorite episodes that you'd love us to republish because you think other people um, will benefit from listening to it please send us an email at questions at fuelingcreativitypodcast.com and we have a very our first very special episode um, and we told you we would tell you in this episode but we have an episode with dr Howard Gardner. Yes, uh, Matt and I did an hour-long interview with Howard Gardner, and he talks about so many things about synthesizing mind, about multiple intelligences, about the work that he's done over the last 50-plus years in education and research. And Matt, wow, I walked away from that episode just on a cloud of insights. Yeah, it was really great. And one thing I'll add to that list is he was very committed to making sure that he spoke about these things as they relate to a classroom environment, you know, very sensitive to our audience, primarily being teachers and and also being academics interested in the field of creativity. And so he did a really good job at have, of, of talking about all of these things, but placing it in the class uh, in the context of a classroom environment. Well, Matt. Thanks for working with me for the last 100 episodes. Here's to another 100 episodes. Hey, I want to get to 1,000 episodes. Oh, that's bold. But I would love to get to a point where we've said we've had a million downloads of the Fueling Creativity <laughs> podcast. Now, I'm aware that that might be five, six, seven, eight years from now under our, our current trend. <laughs> um, but I think that's a goal that I want to set. All right. Well, I like thinking big. So a million downloads. All right. Well, this concludes this episode of the Feeling Creativity and Education podcast. My name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. And my name is Dr. Matthew Werwood.